0: For today's Eco Report feature story, Norm Holy interviews McCormick Creek's State Park naturalist Sam Arthur.
1: It's Norm Holy from WFHB, and today I'm interviewing Sam Arthur. He's the interpretive naturalist at McCormick Creek Park. Uh, Sam, uh, would you? I think probably most of our listeners are familiar with the park, but could you just very briefly describe the the, the acreage? and and the terrain that you have in the park?
0: Absolutely, yeah. uh, Here at McCormick's Creek State Park, um, as most of you might know, we were Indiana's first state park. We were established in 1916 as a gift from the people to the people of Indiana to celebrate the centennial of Indiana statehood. And we started out with just about 400 acres that the Indiana Parks Commission was able to purchase for $5,250. Is just amazing to me to think about that. And over the years, we've been able to add little bits and pieces, parcels of land as they come available to the point where we're now at uh, 1,956 acres of land that we manage, which is not the biggest park in the system, but we're not the smallest. Um, As far as the terrain that we have here, we're in what's known as the Mitchell Karst Plain, which runs from Owen County through Monroe and down into Lawrence County. And this is where that good Indiana limestone, that Bedford limestone that you think of in so many buildings, uh, come from. And it's, the karst describes the topography that we have. Karst topography is noted for the sinkholes that you see throughout the area, the springs popping out of the hillsides, and, of course, the caves That we're so famously known for. So it's it's a varied terrain, and I like to think that if you did an overhead view, especially during the winter, you can see this after a light snow, the surface of the land looks a lot like a golf ball. You've got the divots, and you've got the ridges, and it just kind of rolls and undulates like that. So it's a very unique landscape. Um, You've got a lot of topographic change. So it's a it's a beautiful park. Um, those who are familiar with it, I think, would agree. And those who have never visited us, uh, I would highly recommend it. We're only about uh, 20 minutes west of Bloomington, and it's a, a beautiful area if you're not familiar with it.
1: I'm just curious about um, the 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 area between Flatwoods Park and McCormick Creek Park. So, um that's where the the stream comes from that goes through the the falls area um, is there any concern about water quality
0: sure yeah you, you make a good point the um McCormicks Creek itself originates there in the in the flatwoods and what happened between the flatwoods and the park itself of course you've got individual property owners you've got um septic systems that, that might be influencing the water quality. But we do test the uh, creek regularly for E. coli during the summer season. And generally speaking, we've got a high-quality body of water. We do, as part of my job, I do interpretive programming, You know, going out and uh, getting folks out in nature. And one of the things we do are creek stomps where we actually go out and we'll look at different macroinvertebrates or bugs that are in the water. Some bugs like dirty water, and some bugs can only live in clean water. So generally speaking, we find the clean water-loving bugs.
1: Well, that's good to hear. Um, What would you estimate the age of the oldest trees in the park to be?
0: Our oldest trees are probably right in the neighborhood of 100 years or so. Um, most of the property, like most of Indiana, was deforested as the settlers were clearing the land, trying to get agriculture established. And then over the years, um, you know, farmland was abandoned. Park bought land that had been farmland and let um, nature take its course. And We've got some mature forest here. We have two dedicated nature preserves here on the park. But um, those are the two areas that have some of the biggest and most mature trees because those are state-dedicated nature preserves.
1: Do you have a high population of ash in the in the park?
0: We do. We have um, a very high concentration of ash. Right around 18 to 20 percent of our forest is ash trees.
1: And uh, what are you doing about the emerald ash borer?
0: Well, in December of 2014, we were getting ready to take down some hazard tulip trees that had been uh, affected by tulip-scale insect during the droughts that we had in 2010, 2011, and 2012. We noticed an ash tree that looked like it was dying off. And so we uh, worked with our state forester to come out, and we took the tree down, peeled back the bark, and sure enough, sent the bug off for testing, and we were confirmed for emerald ash borer in December 2014. So that being said, what we ended up doing, and we we figure at that point we'd already been infested for about three to four years, because by the time you start to see the crown die off and the shoots starting to come up from the base of the tree, you're, you're pretty well along in your infestation cycle. So one of the things that we did was start... Um, we removed the hazard trees that were going after recreational targets. And one of the things that the Indiana Parks Alliance, one of the projects that they've come up with is to identify some of these ash trees that are unaffected, and they're going to apply for the funding to come in and treat some of these native ash trees that aren't affected so that we can have a viable seed bank um, remain once this bug kind of, makes its pass through here and we lose the vast majority of our ash trees
1: that sounds good um, I'd like to ask about the uh, the deer population what, what approximately how many deer call McCormick Creek home
0: well it, it's it's very difficult to make a population estimation because you know we're, we're not a closed system we're, we're in a, a good place with our our uh, management efforts as far as the deer population. and a lot of people do ask me that, you know, where, where are the deer? Why don't I see the deer? And to that, I often respond, it's like, well, you know, they're wildlife. It's, it's fun for us to see them, but it's not necessarily good for them for us to see them. You shouldn't be able to um, drive down the road and have deer walk up to your car.
1: Yes. Are there any uh, rough grouse in, in the park?
0: Unfortunately, no. The um, the rough grouse are really kind of disappearing from the landscape. Um, you've got a, a change of forest structure, and you've got um, yeah a, a bit of a climate change. And Steve Bax is uh, one of our uh, fish and wildlife guys who used to be the rough grouse specialist, and he could answer uh, your rough grouse questions uh, a lot better than I could. Uh,
1: just one final question. Um, let's let's look out in the f- in the distant future um, what environmental concerns would you would come to mind if you thought about where where the park will be in 50 years
0: well i feel we're in a good place with the leadership that we have in the state park system the the parks have been guided well for the past hundred years and i think that the leadership that's coming down the line is well to continue that tradition. You know, that's part of what I do as an interpreter is we train that next generation. We we create that interest in the landscape so that people feel that connection to it. And when they grow up and they have kids and they bring their kids out here, we know that we've done our jobs. And so I feel that the landscape will be in a good place for us. Um, Hopefully in another 99 years, we'll celebrate 200 years of Indiana State Parks.